0: RadioInfluence.com The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now here
1: is your host, TJ Reeves. Oh, we are excited to be here because the rematch is about to take place for the World Middleweight Championship Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, will take on Saul Canelo Alvarez Saturday night in Las Vegas. A year ago, the fight scored a 12-round draw. Now the rematch, somebody's got to win this thing. Coming up on Saturday night in the desert, and we're thrilled to be here. Great to have you aboard. Brand new initiative, brand new podcast, Big Fight Weekend. I cannot do this alone in a little bit. We're going to hear from a couple of different guests including a longtime colleague of mine that's a huge fight fan, Ari Russell. Ari based in New York City. He is amped up. He's shadow boxing over in the corner himself, ready to go and talk about this 12-rounder for the World Middleweight Championship with me in a little bit. And I love going round and round with Ari about historical perspective on boxing, and we're going to do that uh, in the segment that we talk, he and I, about the 80s in particular and the likes of Leonard and Hagler and Hearns and Duran and what that time period meant in terms of of the middleweight division and the middle class of boxing, welterweight, junior middleweight, Uh, middleweight and even uh, you may forget this sugar ray leonard went on to fight and so did thomas hearns as a light heavyweight later on in their career so i'm anxious to talk with ari about that speaking of champions and championships what an honor what a privilege to bring on a guy that i have known for the better part of now three decades ronald winky wright the wink from st pete florida new international boxing hall of fame member Uh, Just inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame earlier this year. The Wink, a former world champion as a junior middleweight and as a middleweight. uh, In fact, won nine consecutive title fights at one point. He knows all about rematches throughout his career. This is a rematch situation for Golovkin and Alvarez. Winky's going to have great insight. And guess what? The Wink is on his way to the desert for this fight on Saturday night. He'll be there O.L. O.L. On location in person for the showdown of Triple G against Canelo coming on Saturday night. So you'll want to stay tuned for this interview, I'll give you a quick preview because Winky's not only talking boxing, not only talking his Hall of Fame induction, analyzing this fight, but Winky's talking a little golf, and you can't wait to hear who he is golfing with, allegedly, in Las Vegas for this weekend. So Winky Wright coming up on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. And another guy that I want to introduce you to who's going to be a big part of what we're doing here on the podcast and elsewhere when it comes to boxing, love the insight on everything, but in particular, the squared circle, the sweet science, Sean Tate will be with me. Deshaun is based in Atlanta. Huge fight fan, has covered the sport some throughout his career. Deshaun will have analysis, prediction on this fight. Give me some insight, some historical perspective on other fighters uh, and other fight rematches that have have, uh, struck him as well. So Deshaun Tate later on in the podcast. Again, we're jam full getting ready for this one that will be for Golovkin's titles, the WBA, WBC, and IBO uh, middleweight championships. And, and of course, this fight is not without controversy in the buildup. They were supposed to have this thing on Cinco de Mayo back in May, but because Canelo Alvarez flunked a drug test, a PED uh, suspension for him went into effect for six months. So Alvarez was not able to fight. Now the rescheduled date is for September of this year. Does, and I'm going to ask the guest this, does this taint this world championship rematch tonight that Alvarez has the blemish, essentially of a cheating suspension, not a recreational drug, but a performance-enhancing drug. We'll ask the panelists about that in a little bit. So again, that's part of the backdrop of this. Again, Alvarez has only one defeat on his record, that at the hands of Floyd Mayweather a few years ago, 34 knockouts in his career and 49 wins. For Golovkin, the only blemish on his record is the draw with Canelo last September, 38-0-1 with 34 knockouts. That's the only time as a professional that his hand wasn't raised in victory in this case his hand was raised as you're you're keeping the championships because it's a draw so that sets the stage as these two guys will get ready to be in the ring together again at the T-Mobile arena coming up on Saturday evening Golovkin great punching power Alvarez same thing Uh, might this be a spectacular knockdown drag out fight we certainly hope so as part of Big Fight Weekend. So there we go. I have set the stage. That's kind of like the undercard. Let's get to the main events. Plural. Our guests and different people that are going to weigh in on this fight of Triple G against Canelo as we roll on on Big Fight Weekend. We are counting down. Coming up to the World Middleweight Championship Showdown on Pay-Per-View. Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, and Canelo Alvarez, the rematch, coming up on Saturday evening. It is part of Big Fight Weekend. I am T.J. Reeves, and it is my pleasure to bring in. I always love talking to this guy on all subjects. He's a huge fight fan, and we're going to have some fun mixing it up. Ari Russell is back with me. Howdy, and are you amped up for this thing hey. on Saturday? You know what? I am. I,
2: I just I love middleweight boxing, and it's it's good to finally have an event that. You know is it's worth is worth my time so uh it, we, we ready to go man ready to go I, i'm actually i don't like any of the the build-up stuff i think that it, i don't need that i just i just like the uh i just like watching over 12 rounds that's it the build-up stuff i don't i don't really care too much about i just want to see two fighters that are pretty much the same level fight and see who wins that's it simple bottom line
1: Let's see if it is a bottom-line type fight. All right, so this is a good one. Is this thing tainted because Canelo Alvarez flunked a drug test for PEDs back six months ago and put this thing off for six months? Did it take something from it, Ari?
2: I don't think so. I think, you know, for, for people that cover the sport on a on a day-to-day basis, I mean, obviously, they're going to need a storyline to write about. But But delays in fights, whether it's testing, whether it's injuries, whether it's, you know promotional issues or, or what have you, venue issues, uh, are, are something that, that this sport has been dealing with for the past three and a half decades, really. So, you know, this is just another example of that here. I think at the end of the day, you know, the, the fight was approved and cleared to go. Uh, all the testing seemingly has, has gone through the process that, that was necessary. And, uh, you know, I think at this point, people just want to see these two fighters square off in the ring. But you point. know where from I'm coming from. Point?
1: No, no, I got you on, on yeah. your point of view. But you yeah. know that there are some out there and when we got a huge heavyweight title fight coming next weekend, got another big fight weekend coming up, with yeah. Alexander Povetkin, the Russian, fighting Anthony Joshua, and he's flunked multiple drug tests and has suspended has right. been suspended a couple different times. I think there are a lot of I won't say a lot. There's a percentage of the sports fans that look at this and say, I don't ever trust that guy anymore to be a clean fighter. In other words, Canelo Alvarez is tainted in their mind from here on out that he cheated before, and how do I know he's not cheating right now and that he beat the test? You buy that?
2: Yeah, I I buy that, but I actually think that the the bigger controversy was the result and and that one judge that... Had such an imbalanced scoring <laughs> is more of an issue than 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 the drug tests are concerned. I mean, that, you know, something talk about an unfair advantage. Was uh, that, that judge more... drug
1: tested? That's what we want to know. Was the <laughs> exactly. judge drug tested? Yes.
2: That's that's probably more of an issue in my opinion than 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 this particular drug test. And uh, you know, we, we'll see. You know, if, if if Triple G ends up winning, it doesn't really matter, right? <laughs> You right. know? So, I mean, there are always going to be people that look at that. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, uh, let's say Alvarez, you know, if Alvarez wins, just put it this way, if Alvarez wins, there will be a third fight. You know, if Alvarez doesn't win, there might not be a third fight. So I, we, we really just have to wait and see. But, but, you know, I think that's where the controversy lies, that, that if there is a third fight and Alvarez wins, then, that, then that's where the skepticism from the drug test is going to come in. Because then people are like, okay, then the next the next one, the third fight, is where really people are going to start questioning it. But in this case, it's wait and see the results before people start questioning it that makes
1: sense. Ari Russell is with me. Find him on Twitter at Ari Russell. It's part of Big Fight Weekend, Triple G, and Canelo Alvarez fighting Saturday night in Las Vegas on pay-per-view World Middleweight Championship fight. Love talking the fights with my man Ari. I- I'm going to get back to this fight and and uh, get a prediction from you before we're done. But you and I are kind of old school. We go back, and I, I'm not talking about the 50s and the 60s, but we're old school in that we go back to the 80s, and it's sad that that's now... Mm-hmm. Old school, that the 80s and the early 90s was old. But when you're talking about like middle middleweight, junior middleweight, and even welterweight boxing with the conglomerate of Leonard and Hearns and Duran and Hagler and how they all fought each other, that was really a heyday in kind of the middle yeah. divisions of, of boxing. And I know you're nodding along with me, even though I can't see you, that that, yeah. that was a great time there for about seven or eight years.
2: I mean, I think most boxing historians will say that was the golden era of the middleweight, the middle division boxing, uh, you know, boxing uh, category. I mean, like you mentioned, all four of those fighters, they they were world-class fighters, champions, you know, at some point or another, uh, and and they all fought each other. And and so, and they never ducked each other, and they just always seemed to really produce amazing fights, whether it's the Hagler-Hearns three-round melee, which people say is the the greatest three rounds in the history of boxing. And and I think it's hard to argue against that, (laughs) Uh, you know, and obviously, you know, obviously the no moss the the ran and the, and Leonard uh, fights, you know. were well, the first one was No Mas, you know. But the the continuous. No, fight no, you're right. Was, no Mas was the second and, one. The
1: the first one was the brawl. The first one was the brawl in Montreal. And can I tell you, I was the biggest Sugar Ray Leonard fan you could find. From the Olympics to him being unbeaten, he had beaten uh, Thomas Hearns in the big welterweight showdown, the big mega fight. That's one of the first yep. fights that was on uh, pay per view on on satellite TV. You didn't even have pay per view on your cable TV, but he lost. Mm-hmm to uh, Roberto Duran in and around that time and had to try to avenge that loss. Duran beat him in in Montreal and you're right, the fact that these guys all fought each other because in the interim Leonard had beaten Hearns he lost to uh, Duran Leonard lost to Duran, won the rematch Hearns destroyed Duran. Few people remember this. One of the great right hands of the 1980s was Thomas Hearns knocking out Roberto Duran The point that you made, the fact that they all fought each other and then eventually they all Right, circle around Marvin Hagler and fought him. That's what made yeah. the rivalries and made it great in the eighties. Right,
2: it, it was, and and I mean they they were all world class. You had multiple fights, uh, well, mostly multiple fights between the, between the boxers, um, you know, and and with all of them in their prime, all of them really, you know, fighting one another and knocking each other off, and then you know the next guy steps up and wins, and, and just. It, it was really before the era of boxing. Boxing has always been compromised by the mob and what have you. That's always been part of it. But it was before really, like, like really before the, the whole co- like overwhelming corruption at the highest order. Uh, and and so there, there was something kind of genuine and pure about it because they weren't really worried about you know the promotional aspect of, okay, well, when is it the right time to fight this guy? And when is the right time I got to fight this guy? It was always like, boom, okay, who's up next? Like you said, Leonard beat Hearns, and who does he have to fight next? They're within, within you know, a pretty close realm, and, and it's Roberto Durant. You know? and, and, and so like, it was a very, I would say, more of a genuine pure time of the sport before it really got, before it really got corrupted. You know? And it really started getting corrupted I mean like I said, it's always been mob connected. It's always had that element to it, but really, when Don King came in and Don King kind of just blew the doors open of it and really opened up the corruption and made the corruption mainstream and wow. uh, you know he did that really via Tyson. he probably did it before with ali but 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 he did it, but it did it more with with tyson and and it definitely trickled down through the middle ways uh, going into the nineties and what have you but but then there, there still was this genuine order of, of, of the, the pugilism that we got to see at that period of time. Um, you know, and, and at the same time, we also had great champions that happened to reside in the same you – know, were contemporaries. So that, that was definitely something that I think uh, we were very fortunate to be alive to witness.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Thomas Hearns uh, was was an unreal knockout artist. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard was more of a boxer, was more uh, of an artiste, yes. if you will. Hagler, yes. the brawler. Hagler never brawler. translated well as a as a fighter trying to get the decision. He would always wear you down or knock you out. But like he he had trouble winning a decision against Roberto Duran. A lot of people don't remember that they actually fought, and it was a close fight. Yeah. And Duran hung in with him, and Hagler couldn't knock him out, and it was a narrow decision in that one. And now we're coming to the one because, good gracious, this fight's uh, now 31 uh. years old, Hagler and Leonard. And you and I have never debated this publicly or privately, but we're about to for just a minute or two, in the backdrop of GGG and uh, and Canelo. Hagler-Leonard, a great middleweight fight. Sugar Ray came out of retirement with no tune-up fight after not having fought for a couple of years because of an eye injury. And he beat Marvin Hagler that night. And I still contend he beat him. And you contend Marvin Hagler won that fight back 31 years ago. There, you still are bitter I mean, that's, right now. That's,
2: that is, I mean, to me, that's pa- Hagler is my favorite. And I'm biased. Hagler is my favorite boxer of all time. So I'm already, I'm already biased towards Hagler. But be, I remember watching that fight. I was young, but I remember that fight probably the most vividly of any fight that I remember as a young person. Um, So that's probably why it it hangs with me, but I just remember Hagler and I remember Leonard and I remember him coming off them, talking about him coming off retirement. They probably mentioned it a thousand times during the fight, you know, first fight, like everything that you just said. And I think he was about two years, two years out of the ring, close to two years out of the ring at the time. I have to check. But, but I just thought it was, it was close. It really could have gone either way. I just felt that some of the the punches that the the power punches that Hagler connected with had more of an effect than the, I guess, Olympic scoring points that Leonard had made. And so, you know, it it really was, I mean, it really is a toss up, but I just felt the effects of Hagler's punches in that match had more that, that had more of an effect on Leonard than the scoring uh, aspect and some of the punches that that, that Leonard had landed.
1: Well, I, I make you, know, you this pledge. I make you this pledge. Yeah. At some point, you and I, I are going to sit down with the DVR together at some point and watch yeah. that again. And I keep joking with you. You're going to show me the seven rounds Marvin Hagler won, and I'm going to show you the seven rounds that Sugar Ray Leonard won. Now, there was, a judge, right, right. Well, there was a judge that night that gave Leonard ten of the rounds, and it was 118 to 110. I don't think either one of them won ten rounds, but you can make the argument no. that both of them won 5 or 6 rounds. It was a close fight. It was a great fight and we're hoping that uh Golovkin and and Canelo is going to be a close great fight or maybe it'll right. be a spectacular knockout uh on Saturday night. All right, so let's bring it back to rematches because that night a lot of people don't remember this Ari Marvin Hagler retired. He never fought again. Leonard went on he never and fought, fought again. Fought, uh, Leonard fought like a eight or ten more times over the course of the next well, seven he retired or eight years. About eight or ten more. That's times. right. But he kept he kept fighting, and he actually moved up. People don't remember this. He moved up to light heavyweight. Leonard, what used to be a Very welterweight, true. and moved all the way up yeah. and was fighting guys at 170, 175. Uh, For a very
2: small period of time, one or two fights. Right.
1: Hagler retired that night, so we never saw a rematch there. We saw saw a rematch where Hearns fought Leonard again, and they called that one a draw. We, we saw, we mentioned Leonard. Leonard and, really won that one, by the way. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe so. But, I mean, Hearns had the big knockdown in that fight. But, but Leonard, Leonard beat Duran in a rematch. When you think about rematches, yes, Ali, Frazier, and the Thrill in Manila was the third fight. When you think about uh, Tyson and Holyfield, and, of course, the ear-biting was the yeah. rematch in that. When you think of rematches, what comes to mind for you when you think of best rematch fights real quick?
2: I, I mean, Ward Gotti. Uh, you yeah, know, rest sure. In peace Arturo Gatti. Uh but uh, you know those those rematches. I mean, those guys were just. I mean, the first one was the best fight, obviously. I mean, those guys. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Two and fight.
1: three, two and three were every bit as brutal and crazy. They, they were, they, uh, I mean, right. they really well, were. And,
2: and they had four. They had four fights. Right. Four fights. But the, the thing was is that two and three were so close. One was insane, just because Ward had won it. And, and uh, But I think those rematches, and by the fourth one, it was already, I mean, Gotti had won, really won the last three. And the, the fourth one, it was already, Ward had already been kind of worn out by that point. And Gotti, people forget that Gotti was really up in his prime at that point, And Ward kind of a little bit towards the tail end of his career at that point. Um, you know, a little bit, it, one or two years, you know, past. But, like, uh, that, to me, the, the, as far as the more recent rematches, uh, I think I think it's hard to argue against those two in the yeah. ring, and and really the last couple of them that weren't even they were more exhibition fights. I mean they were I mean they were counting as you know fights within the within the realm of the the belts, but I don't believe either of them were were belt holders. Uh, it was just really just a, a competition fight uh, for for the the sake of the sport, and I think that that's what was wonderful about it that these two competitors were so great and had such even fights across the board that they actually had four fights and usually it's just three but they were so close on the end of the third one that they were just like screw it we might as well and they and they did it for themselves but they but they actually had such respect for the fans and that's what i loved about both of those competitors and you know like they and, and 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 respect for one another like they, they they had this connection that they beat the crap out of each other in the ring and just went relentless towards the one. But at the end of every single fight, it was mutual respect. It, to me, these fights, especially in the modern era where there was so much corruption and so much, you know, uh, you, it, it just a lot of things to question the, the legitimacy of the sport, I think what Mickey Ward and what Arturo Gatti did was show us really the genuine aspect of the competition of the sport what the sport is all about and it's all about the competition it's all about the respect for your opponent despite you guys going literally toe to toe in the ring i th- I just thought that that those two athletes represented the what was best in the sport of boxing and in sports in general and uh to me i don't think there's been rematches that that will uh, in in recent era that that can match up to, to to Mickey Ward and Arturo Gatti, I I just can't think of one.
1: Ari Russell with me. I'm T.J. Reeves. It's Big Fight Weekend here on the podcast. The big fight that's coming up is Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, and Canelo Alvarez, world middleweight title fight, a rematch of a fight that was a draw a year ago at this time, September of 2017. Okay, I'm going to go down the checklist of two or three quick things about the fight. Which fighter has the better chance to score a knockout, Golovkin or Alvarez? Quick opinion. What do you think?
2: I think Alvarez has a better chance of the knockout just because he has he has that ability. Like he's known for that. Um, but boy, is it is it going to be hard to do that with sure. with, with Triple G? He just, seemed to take all of his Golovkin
1: took his best punches in fight number one, did he not? So we'll see. I mean, he did,
2: he did, and that's the thing about Golovkin. He's 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 so tough, and he's just such a. a He's just a rock. He's like, you feel like he's built of stone. It, it's, it didn't seem like there was much of Canelo, uh, you know, whatever he threw at him. There, it didn't seem like it had much of an effect. At least he was doing a good job of masking any of that. Sure. Colopkin was. All right. Uh, you know, and, and that's what he's known for. So All right. I think so he, I, I think the knockout is potentially, he's got to catch him, and he's really got to catch him in a sweet spot. That's tough.
1: And he's got the big right hand, so I'm going to morph that because you kind yeah. of answered it. I'm going to morph that into this. Is it a concern that Golov- a lot of people don't realize this? Golovkin's 36; he's eight years older than Alvarez. Is endurance? Is the later rounds advantage Alvarez? What do you think? No, no,
2: no, no. Because the reality is, is no. Because I don't think Golovkin, though he is older, I don't like it. It's also treads on the tire. You know, like has has Golovkin really fought? in the ring and worn out in the ring. Right. Uh, You know, no, he's fought, he's fought once to your
1: point. He's fought once since the, since the Alvarez fight. He's only fought once in the last 12 months. So yes.
2: Right. Not only that, just, but like, it's, it's, you know, he's, he's, you know, and and also we're looking at, you know, like I said, he doesn't have that many, he hasn't been challenged that much. Like he hasn't had excessive challenges with long drown out fights where he's getting pounded and that's the treads on the tire. So, so I don't think the age matters, and we've seen this before. I mean, like, people talk about, hey, I mean, like, you know, Bernard Hopkins was still pretty dominant <laughs> even up until his 40, 41 years old. I mean, he's a freak of nature, but but, you know, it's still – People are still able to fight in their upper thirties. Holy, Holyfield
1: um, it, to that point seemed to get well, better. Well, Holyfield is like I a straw. Right r- now. I understand, but mid thirties and upper thirties, Holyfield seemed to get better as his career wore on. He kind of swooned in the middle, and then mid to late thirties, he seemed to get well, he better. He swooned in
2: the middle because he fought. He fought, you know, like uh, Riddick Bow had his number, you know, kind of, and you know, he took a little bit of a pounding from Riddick Bow, but after that, there wasn't much that, that he was really facing that that was too critical for for his jaw. You know he's kind of still fighting now, which he shouldn't probably be allowed to fight. But, but I, I don't think the age at this point matters. I mean, the conditioning is, is is really based upon you know how much has your brain been battered around in your skull, and I mean, Golovkin hasn't had that much really in his career, so the age isn't a thing.
1: Uh, and I get one more out of Ari Russell here on Big Fight Weekend. Who wins quickly? Who wins? I'm going
2: triple G on this. I'm going triple G on this one. I mean, I believe he should have won the last fight. Um, you know, I, 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 it's the draw. I get it. But that's one scoring, that one judge. He was. He must have been huffing glue or something. I don't know. Taking with it. Saw a different fight. <laughs> uh, and I think that Glufkin, who is a very... Glufkin, Glufkin is a very even keel type of person. Very kind of, you know, very... It's hard to get emotion out of him. Um, you know, but, but i also seen him in the past... When he hasn't been get, when he hasn't gotten what he was supposed to get, kind of use that as as a motivating factor, and I think a motivated Triple G in this sense, where he has to prove at this point that he really is better than, than Canelo Alvarez. I think he's going to um, he's going to show show up on Saturday night and really prove the rest of the world that that he is the champion at this level and he deserves to have all the belts.
1: We shall see as it all unfolds on pay-per-view. I love talking boxing. You're going to hear, read, and find out more from what Ari Russell has to think about all these fights on Big Fight Weekend as part of the podcast and much more. Thank you for the time here. We'll see what happens between the rematch of Triple G and Canelo Alvarez coming up on Saturday night. Thank you, Ari.
2: Thank you, sir. Always appreciate it, CJ.
1: Big Fight Weekend brought to you in part by Touch Vodka Drink. Eat, live, local, touch vodka. We're back on Big Bite Weekend now. Here's your host, TJ Reeves. Oh, this is going to be good because I have been looking forward to hearing from and talking about Triple G against Canelo Alvarez with this guy ever since he agreed to come on. I have been talking, interviewing, and been around Winky Wright for going on 25 years. He's not that old. I cannot believe that I am that old. The champ is, <laughs> the champ is here. Boxing Hall of Famer, Winky Wright from St. Pete, Florida, former world junior middleweight champ. Uh, A a guy that would know a thing or two about big-time fights, about rematches, etc. Love to have you on. How is it going, Wink? I'm good, man. How you doing, TJ? I, uh, I am good. All right, so let's get right into it just real quick with the fight. Then I want to talk a little bit about you and then a little more about the fight. Triple G and Canelo Alvarez are fighting Saturday. First of all, you are headed out to this fight in Vegas. What excites you about this rematch, Winky?
3: Uh, I think that it's going to be explosive. Uh, The first fight, I think both fighters were a little tentative. I think both fighters were kind of uh, at all with the opponent on how good of a puncher they are. But now I think they both tasted each other's punch, and I think that, you know, they're going to come out swinging.
1: Yeah, and so that's what fans are looking forward to, the fireworks, the the pay-per-view that's coming up. You're a great one to speak to this because you had a couple of occasions throughout your career where you had a rematch. You fought a fighter named Bronco McCart and took his championship belt and ended up fighting him a couple of more times. You fought Sugar Shane Mosley back in the early 2000s. Everybody knows that name. Beat him both times, including in a rematch. When you're fighting a fighter the second time, like what both of these guys are going through, how much do you dwell on what did I do well in the first fight? How much do you use, hey, I want to do something differently, maybe, because he saw me for a bunch of rounds in the first fight? How do you weigh that, Winky?
3: Well, well, you know, uh both fighters, like I said, the first fight, they both were, you know, a little nervous and they both were there. Was that like at, at, all, at all with each other's punching power? But now I think that it's gonna be a great fight. I think, uh, you know, both fighters gonna come out quick, and uh, Triple G know he can't he can't lay back like he did last time, and you know, just just move around and pop shot. Now I, I think Triple G gonna come out a lot stronger and, and try to really hurt uh, Alvarez, but you know Alvarez gonna really try to use his boxing ability now and, and put his combinations together.
1: All right, we'll see if that is uh, the case. I, I promise I will come back to the fight here in a couple of moments or two. You have been honored earlier this year going into the International Boxing Hall of Fame, being recognized in this go-around in the class with Vladimir, Vladimir Klitschko, Eric Morales, what does it mean to get that kind of recognition? A, a kid who grew up uh, in and around St. Pete, Florida, St. Pete Boxing Club, trying to make it as a professional fighter, to get the ultimate honor like that, to go into a boxing hall of fame. I won't speak for you. What does it mean for you?
3: <laughs> well, you said it all. <laughs> it, it, it is the the ultimate, uh, the ultimate championship. It's the ultimate achievement. Uh, you know, to be honored. And acknowledged by your peers as being one of the best in your sport. It's amazing. So I'm blessed. Uh, I'm grateful. And, uh, you know, I definitely think that it was warranted. Uh, I put in the work. A lot of times when I was fighting, I didn't feel that they were giving me my just due. But, you know, as we can see, they gave it to me at the end of my career.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. This is a young man, I'll tell his story just a little bit, who used to fight all the time in Europe, not on TV in the United States, not for a whole bunch of money, dreaming the dream. I remember you would leave from the Tampa Bay area and go fly to Europe to fight without a whole lot of people uh-huh. knowing about what you were doing. It wasn't on US TV. You'd come back, you'd train your brains out, you'd go leave, you'd go fight again in Europe, and it does it does end up making it worthwhile. All right, you're a great one to speak to this. You have stepped through the ropes in some big-time venues in in Las Vegas, all over the world, what is it like for Saturday night for a fighter in a sold-out arena to step into that ring and get ready to fight? Like what Triple G and Alvarez are going to do?
3: Well, both of these fighters are used to that. Both of them used to being around big, big crowds, big venues. But uh, it's amazing, you know, when you when you're coming out, you know, everybody's here to see you fight. All these people in the stadium are here to see you, either one way win or one to lose. But no matter what, they're here to see you, so you know it's it's amazing uh you know're you're, you're, you're so hyped your your adrenaline is flowing uh you just can't wait to get out there and perform for your crowd.
1: This guy was such a tactician. Great south paw. Great right hand jab. Great left hook. Ronald Winky right. The wink is with me on big fight weekend for a couple of more minutes. He's headed out to this uh, humongous pay per view. The rematch of Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez coming up Saturday night on uh, on pay per view. Um, all right, so I'll get back into the fight just a little bit for a, a second or two here. I wonder, uh, Golovkin is eight years older. He's 36. Is there any concern on your part about his conditioning, about his ability to, to hold up physically as this goes on the second time around?
3: No, I don't think so. Uh, you know, uh, he's going to be in great shape. Uh, Canelo is younger, but, you know, it, the younger fighter doesn't always win uh uh Galumpin got a great punch Canelo got a good punch and it's just about who can land first and who can hurt the other guy first
1: yeah that's uh that's always you know, part of the thing that makes boxing different—I've joked about this all the time with you and with everywhere else—is you can be having a, a a horrible game in sports, and the game is over if it's a team sport. If you're down by four touchdowns in football and it's late in the game in the fourth quarter, you're beaten. If you're down in basketball by twenty with three minutes left, there's not a fifteen-point shot that's going to help you. In boxing, wink—you know this. Even in the final round, there is a punch. There is one punch, and we've seen it before that can turn everything around. Right. One, one punch,
3: boy. Julio Cesar Chavez did it. Just to tell us, <laughs> one punch can change your life.
1: Yes, it can. Yes, it can. Uh, this man had a couple of life-changing, huge fights. You beat Felix Trinidad. Uh, that fight is going on about 15 years ago that you upset Felix Trinidad with a dominant, unanimous decision. A lot of people regarded you as one of the best fighters pound for pound in the world after you did that. When you reflect, I mean, that was a huge fight where Trinidad was a big favorite. When you reflect on that, what do you remember? What do you think about the most fondly, Winky?
3: I just remember, like you said, everybody, uh, you know, thinking that Trinidad was gonna knock me out. Everybody thinking that, you know, I couldn't be in the ring with the great Felix Trinidad. And and my whole thing was, I'm gonna prove you wrong. And that's what I did. Like I said, I take nothing away from him. Uh, uh, Tito is a friend of mine, and it's just, you know, we. At, you get to one time in life to shine, and when you get the opportunity, you gotta take advantage of it.
1: Let me pay this man another compliment. I'm paying him nothing but compliments. I remember you fought Ike Corté in the Tampa Bay area, and Oscar De La Hoya was the promoter. And Oscar De La Hoya did an interview with me with a lot of other people, and he said something that was as good a compliment as ever. I mean, this is the Oscar De La Hoya, former Olympic champion, former world champion, uh, for a long time, regarded as one of the best fighters in the world. He said... That I kept dunking Winky Wright, unlike Felix Trinidad, <laughs> un- unlike Shane Mosley, Oscar said I did not want to fight Winky Wright. I wanted to stay away from him. What an ultimate compliment! I know it frustrated you that guys didn't want to fight you, but Oscar Wink didn't want to fight you.
3: Yeah, yeah, I know it was crazy to hear him admit that too. But uh, like I said, you know, it is what it is. I I, I would have loved to fight Oscar. I think it would have been a great fight. I think that you know. Oscar was the gatekeeper to fighters making mega money. Every fighter he fought, once he fought him, they started making mega money. And that was my opportunity, uh, but he didn't give me the opportunity. He he chose to go down and fight um Manny Pacquiao and, and we know what happened after that. So, you know, it is what it is. Life 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 deal you a hand and you gotta you gotta you gotta play with it
1: yep, but he ended up being a promoter as well, still got the golden Boy promotions, and we'll see how that works out. Hey, I know you're busy after the ring. I mentioned the International Boxing Hall of Fame. What else have you got going on with your foundation, et cetera? Tell me about that and how we can help
3: well well, right now I'm just you know you can follow me on uh social media real Winky right, and I'm just enjoying life man. I just as you know, like you said, I've been boxing for twenty one years as a professional. And I just wanted to get away for a while and you know enjoy my kids, enjoy the things that I couldn't do when I was training.
1: Hey, how about the golf game? Because you always were wicked as a left-handed golfer. You still got the golf game working. <laughs> What's the deal? I'm
3: def- I'm I'm definitely playing golf. I just I just went up to uh, Doctor J Julius Irvin golf tournament and I won his golf tournament uh, last weekend. <laughs> and uh, I love I'm going, it. I'm going out to I'm going out to Vegas right now. Me and Charles Barkley supposed to play.
1: Thirty. So,
3: y'all watch my social, watch my social media, real you right, Instagram and Twitter,
1: and y'all gonna see what happens All right. So I gotta, I gotta get that update at some point on you and Charles and the golf course (laughs) and all that. Before I let you go, do I sneak a prediction? Who wins the rematch, Triple G or Canelo? Do you, do you have a thought on who wins it? (laughs)
3: My prediction is gonna be a great fight, (laughs) but uh, if I had to bet. I will put my money on uh Triple G. I think Canelo gonna come out and try to box but I know Triple G looked like he wanna he wanna prove a point. He he felt that he he won the last fight, and now he want to uh, take it out of the judges' hands.
1: I will say it again. As great a fighter, greater person. Whenever I have contacted Winky Wright for 20-plus years, when do you need me? I will come on. I will talk boxing. Anything I can do for you, I will do that, Winky Wright. Enjoy being out there in Vegas with the golf first with Charles Barkley and then the fight, Triple G and Canelo Alvarez. Thank you for being with us on Big Fight Weekend, brother. All right, man, you take it easy then. Counting it down, Saturday night, Las Vegas T-Mobile Arena as Triple G. Gennady Golovkin will defend the World Middleweight Championship yet again against Canelo Alvarez. This one's scheduled for 12, a rematch of a fight that was a draw last September. A fight that has been put off for some five months because of a positive drug test involving Alvarez and PEDs. So, Lots of build-up for this one coming Saturday evening. We are in the preview mode on Big Fight Weekend, and here he is. I have been anxious to talk about this fight and to welcome in and introduce to this new podcast, Deshaun Tate, who is based in the Atlanta area. Love Deshaun's insight on a lot of sports, but in particular, boxing. I don't think you and I, welcome, first of all, I don't think you and I have ever had an extended conversation about boxing. So I am looking forward to this, sir.
0: Yeah, you and me both. I'm really looking forward to it as well. Uh, and looking forward to Saturday, Triple G, Canelo, Part 2. I know that there's a lot of talk about uh, uh just a, a few different things. We'll get into that here really soon, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it as well. Thanks.
1: Okay, so the public obviously is, and it's going to be on pay-per-view, etc. And I'll put this same question that I have put to other guests already on the podcast. Is something taken away from this? maybe not just for you, but you think a segment of the sports public or in specific the boxing public is looking at this fight differently because Alvarez was caught using PEDs and and no matter what he tries to say or how he tries to spin it, that's what happened. Do you think that takes away some from this fight? Does it take away some from you? Do you think some fans are looking at this as, hey, I don't know that I can ever trust Saul Alvarez again as being on the level legit and not cheating?
0: Well, I think that because it is um, a first time situation for me personally, I I don't really think it's that, that big of a deal. You know, I I, I was kind of curious to know how this even came about. And I think there were some rumors and some conversations about, uh, the, something of the uh, in in regards to the drug or something like that, kind of being in the meat of the uh, right. over over in Mexico or something like the, that. Do- Where, the old you know, dog and, 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 ate
1: my homework. I ate something there, that had it in go. it. Right, right. There yeah. you go.
0: There you go. There you go. Exactly. And so. Uh, All things considered, you know, because it's a first-time thing, I I, I don't really read into that too much. I think it would be a little bit different if we're talking about, you know, a second, third, you know, John Jones, Bones Jones type of situation or something, maybe. However, um, you know, there are some people who probably already have it made up in their mind, i.e. Triple G fans, that are like, hey, if he some way somehow comes away and loses in this fight, um, you know, the excuses are already made up about, you know, about the AGA or or, or just in general um, about the drug situation. So I don't think it'll, it should play really much of a part because guess what? If Triple G, his camp, his fans, whoever the case may be, if people are that uncomfortable about it already as is, then then he shouldn't even be getting in the ring with them. That's just my personal opinion.
1: Well, that's a good point. And, they, and look, money talks, and there's a lot of money involved in this rematch. There's potentially a lot of money involved in a third fight, if there is one. And so th- that's a big motivating factor here as well. Um, I, I've put this to others uh, so far, too. I, I've, I've been asking around. I want your opinion. Golovkin, at 36 years old, is eight years older than Canelo. Is that a big deal? to you from a physical endurance as this fight goes on standpoint no I
0: don't think so number one because of the tip-top shape that Golovkin is in and that these boxers for what they do in a, as a profession they have their bodies have to be like that on a consistent basis however I do understand that when you're 36 you're not 26 or 36 regardless of how tip-top shape your body is in or whatnot but it's also, I don't think that big of an issue because this fight actually just happened. So I don't think he aged that much since the fight happened, the the, the very first fight. Um, but, you know, I think that that could be used in some beneficial ways when it comes down to wisdom, when it comes down to the experience um, in, in which uh, Canelo, not to say he doesn't have experience, however, but in the same token, you know, the Canelo is not the same age and with age comes comes wisdom and and things like that, so I think that he could actually kind of use this uh, to benefit him in this case, but again, that won't be part of the excuses for Triple G fans or the Triple G camp as to say, well, he lost, he's 36, he's got this many years on Canelo, we're not going to use that as an excuse again, he's getting in the ring with the guy, there won't be any excuses coming this Saturday night.
1: Voice of Deshaun Tate in the preview mode for me on Big Fight Weekend, you can follow him at Tate's Take sports, love his insight on a lot of things, but including boxing, and he's going to be involved as part of Big Fight Weekend and our podcast, etc. whenever we talk some boxing. You know, we've talked some rematches here that a lot of times they don't live up to what the first fight was. This one ended controversially with a draw, but in general, in general for rematches, uh, do you get into a do you get into a rematch? Do, does it make it uh better for you? Do, are you more interested because it's a second fight and a second go around? Just generally speaking,
0: I am. I I'm I'm definitely into it. I like it. I love it. You know, and I think it kind of goes to show sometimes showing who the better person is. You know, something. You know, this is this isn't March Madness. You know, I love March Madness. This isn't March Madness where it's one and done. And then you kind of never get an opportunity to see, well, you know, if they played them, you know, any other other time, you know, more times than just once, and they would go ahead and beat them. That's where you find out who the better man is in a lot of cases. And so I I, I like the idea personally, um, just in those regards, for the simple fact of that exactly. And, I mean, when you're looking at some of – especially at this – at a similar weight class – some of the best rematches that have happened and taken place that ended up being really good rematches, which was the Jermaine Taylor and Bernard Hopkins. And they, you know, they went and did that twice. And obviously Jermaine Taylor ended up beating them twice. How about Kelly, pa- uh, Kelly Pavlik and, uh, and Jermaine Taylor where Pavlik ended up beating uh, Taylor twice. And so, you know, little things like that, I think those are the, the biggest um, difference, you know, makers. And when you're talking about, a rematch that sets everything. You know, there is no, hey, somebody got lucky or a lucky punch, a lucky blow or caught someone, you know, blindsided or whatever the case may be. Use the referee as an example for for an excuse or anything like that. That lets it be known who the better fighter is, and I personally like it.
1: Well, and I know uh, our colleague, Ari Russell, was on with me earlier in the program, and he was talking about the four fights of Gotti Ward that just seemingly got better and better. Mm -hmm. The the second one better than the first, the third one better than the second, and so on. Uh, You know, I'm kind of partial, too. I mean, I go back to the 80s to Leonard and and Hearns fighting a second time, Leonard and Duran fighting a second time. How about a Tampa guy? Because I'm based in the Tampa Bay area, and again, Deshaun's in the Atlanta area. Antonio Tarver fighting Roy Jones for the second time earlier in these 2000s. And remember very famously with the ring instructions on the PA microphone where the referee asked Tarver if he had any questions after it was like a controversial stoppage the last time. And Tarver looked at Roy Jones and said, you got any excuses tonight, Roy, before, before the <laughs> fight, and then knocked him out after that. You talk about a memorable rematch moment. Tarver saying you got any excuses, Roy, uh, goes down on that list. I don't know that we'll get anything like that from Saturday night with Gennady Golovkin and Canelo out. Al- Alvarez, I got a moment or two left. I don't know how much of a prediction you want to make. What happens in this fight? Does it go the distance? Is it a knockout? Do you want to go on the line? Who wins? What do you think, Deshaun?
0: I think it definitely goes the distance. Um, I think that it ends up being a draw. There, I don't think there's ever again? been in the history again? of boxing oh. again. I don't think there's ever been in the history of boxing uh, a fight of this magnitude, not just at this weight class, but at this magnitude that has ever ended in a draw. I believe that as, as high as the stakes are, I think he's gonna set up for a number three and that it's going to be just that much better. I you think are, it I, out. I am
1: applauding, you are a king conspiratorialist <laughs> if you are calling draw before the rematch fight ever begins because you are believing there's going to be a third fight and that we're already going to give one card to Canelo, one card to GGG, and the other one again will have it even in the fight. If that, if that comes through, the next steak dinner will include like lobster and dessert that I buy you if that comes through. For for Saturday, but you don't you don't foresee this as a knockout. You think it's going the distance, no matter what. Real quick, right?
0: I think it'll go the yeah. I think it'll go the distance no matter what. I think uh, if not anything else, it could be a a a slight decision one way or the other. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I just realistically see that, and I don't even want to say for which fighter because I just realistically see that it is just that. Even like um, you know, even even in the situation we are talking about, you know, rematches. I mean, this Juan Manuel Marquez and Manny Pacquiao yep. fight, they did the same thing. I mean, these fights are just are really going to be that good. And I think the most important thing is for fans not to get so caught up in, you know, the, the drugs and, or, or the testing and the Canelo. I mean, let's just really, these guys are going to stand in there and they're going to give it all they got. They're fighting for countries and so much more and families and everything else. I think it's just going to make for that good of a fight, and I really think it's just that evening. If not nothing else, I just think it's that evening that is going to end up uh, being a rematch.
1: I love the insight of Deshaun Tate. Again, follow him on social media at Tate's Take Sports. Love his insight. He's predicting the decision to be a draw. He is pointing to center field like Babe Ruth in the World Series and calling a serious shot with that we'll see if it comes down that way deshaun thank you for the insight enjoy the fight we'll all be watching i look forward to talking to you about it down the road afterwards
0: you and me as well appreciate it cj thanks so much
1: big fight weekend brought to you in part by touch vodka drink eat live local touch vodka and there we go. The preview is out of the way, and we're ready for that main event coming Saturday night, T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Gennady Golovkin defending his World Middleweight Championships in a rematch against Saul Canelo Alvarez. The showdown to take place right around midnight Eastern time Saturday night. My thanks to our guests, Ari Russell and Deshaun Tate joining us with some analysis, but most of all, the Hall of Famer Winky Wright, the former world champion himself, international bike Boxing Hall of Fame member. He will be out there at the fight. We can't wait to see what happens in this one. When it's all said and done, I think Golovkin is the winner. It may be a late-round knockout, possibly a decision. Give me Triple G in this fight as it kicks off our Big Fight Weekend podcast. For all of our guests, I'm TJ Reeves. We'll come back in the recap mode of this one. We've got another huge fight coming next weekend with Anthony Joshua putting his version of the World Heavyweight Championship on the line next Saturday night, September the 22nd. That'll be our next... Big Fight Weekend preview mode. But I'm anxious to see what happens with Triple G and Canelo first. Enjoy the fight. Thank you for being with us. And don't forget, subscribe through iTunes, through Stitcher, our friends at radioinfluence.com that help us each and every time with Big Fight Weekend. Find us, rate the show, subscribe to the show. We'll come back again soon on Big Fight Weekend.
0: This is a Landry Football with Chris Landry. Quick Fix on Radio Influence.
2: Folks, Syracuse, Florida State. lot better looking game than we ever thought when this season took off. Syracuse has got a good offense. Florida State not playing well on either side of the ball. Certainly not playing well up front offensively. Can they keep up points? Do they give up some cheap points to Syracuse? Do they continue to get misaligned on defense? No, no, certainly we know Florida State's got more talent. But right now, Florida uh, Florida State is in disarray.
0: Chris Landry brings you Landry football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and, of course, RadioInfluence.com.